Welcome back to The Right Angle. The G-Man and Mower here. We just heard from CC with a cryptic note that led me to believe that maybe someday he'll be on again, but doesn't sound like anytime soon. But I, I wanted to start off, which I don't know that we've ever done. We have a, a loyal listener in Texas, and I guess she doesn't mind having her name spoken because it's on her comment, but she comments almost every week. Her name is Lisa, and she said, and G-Man hasn't heard this yet, this was, I think that, yeah, this was our, our last one from last week. She says, excellent. I enjoy the banter without the left bend. It is relaxing to listen without fearing the cringe of F-bombs, etc. Thank you for all you do. That was a great compliment to you because you, you block out all of my F-bombs. <laughs> well, you got that fancy machine there, that expensive... <laughs> You mean my? <laughs> That's true. Oh man! Oh, five ninety nine. Yeah. That. You bet. Plus batteries. Yeah, plus batteries. There you go. Yeah. All right. So well, it's all good. What? Well, uh, what do you want to kick us off with tonight? I, <laughs> this just happened the other night, and I, I want everyone out there to know that that in my mind. When I know I'm going to be doing a podcast once a week, and, and I, I see things differently now when I'm looking at things. <laughs> and when I look at certain things, I, I say to myself, you know, how can I present that on my podcast? And so this is one of them All right. that, that I've come up with. I was eating dinner with my bride at a restaurant, just a, you know, a normal pub restaurant. And, our, and, and I, again, I'm not... Uh, nothing necessarily against this, but our waitress had six nose rings, mm. three on each side of her nose when she came up to uh, take our orders. And I looked at those and I was thinking to myself, she came back and brought ours. I said, I got to ask. I said, do you, can you pick your nose? And if so, do you get it all? And she, I said, I, I asked you that because you already brought my food. And you can't spit in it. So uh, um, that's what I wanted to say, but I didn't. Oh. <laughs> Any of that or just the last part? Uh, all of it. Oh, man. I, I, I'm thinking to myself, seriously, though, I'm thinking, how do you, how do you blow your nose yeah. with, with six rings in it like that? Does it hurt? When you do that, you press your nose, which you have to do yeah. when you're blowing it. You know, and you got six rings going against each other, and uh, you're trying to get it through there, and then you're trying to get it up in there to get it out and all that stuff. It's like, that seems like that would hurt. And sneezing seems like that would be even worse. Oh. Or maybe you'd have a, maybe you'd be like a jingle when you sneeze. <laughs> you know, it just jingle right. together, you know. Jingling, you know, when you're oh. sneezing or whatever. But, but I, and then my second thought was I have a, one of my best friends ever. Uh, besides you, uh, uh, owned a business uh, at one time, and his rule was no visible piercings or tattoos. He said, you can have them, but if they're on your arms, you better have a long sleeve every time you're in my, my thing, in my office uh, when, when you're working. And I thought, are we scraping the bottom of the barrel? Now, I she, she was a perfectly fine waitress. But my gosh, when you're serving food, I'm not so sure six piercings in the nose, maybe two in the lips, uh, one in the eye, you know, where they am in the eyebrow, you know, and that kind of stuff is, is probably the best place where you're serving food. Maybe I'm being overly critical of things like that, but, but I'm just thinking, my gosh. You know, I, I'm staring at her and, uh, maybe, maybe most people just think it's normal. I don't know. Um, but it's just, to me, it's, it's kind of out of bounds, I guess I should say to, to have that, much. you know, earrings and stuff. Hey, great. You know, uh, I was just, just all, yeah, I was, I was just wondering about that. I wonder how long earrings and pierced ears have been around. Obviously, like in Africa, you know, that certain tribes and certain cultures have the big lip things and the nose and the big Whoa, ear just things, a second now. Hey, I just... Back up now. <laughs> These big lip things. Come on now. Let's not get racist here. You know what I mean. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I do. But I wonder how long 
each of those have existed in the culture. And if a hundred years from now, the nose piercings and the, you know, those, the lip ones and the eyebrow ones, like you said, will just be super common. Will they go away? It's just like a lot of other things where you don't know if it's just an evolution and it's going to keep changing. There was a guy talking to Dennis Prager. Uh, I've never heard of the guy, but he's a, a liberal of some sort. And he was pressing Dennis Prager on like marriage that, oh, well, you know, it, it peaked and it's really not that important anymore. And my girlfriend and I have a four-year-old son and we have no compulsion to get married. And the transgender thing, it's obviously just here to stay and it's just going to get more and more. And of course, Dennis Prager was pushing back. And, and then, of course, religion that, yeah, it's really not, you know, there's no God and and he just made it sound like it was inevitable that it was just going to keep going more and more and more in that direction. And what are your thoughts on that? Is it the pendulum thing or is it an evolution thing? Or I know, I know you have the theory that not nearly as many people believe that as appears in the media, but give me a refresh on that. Well, first of all, that guy's going to hell. So, uh, and he'll burn for a while down there. Then he'll go to purgatory. Then they're going to make sure he's cleansed before they let him back into heaven okay. with those kind of thoughts. Uh, it is 110%. He is 110% wrong when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh, the bond of marriage uh, is is truly a sacred thing. Uh, and when when you marry somebody with the vows... And all that kind of stuff. People might say it's corny, but you know that's the bond that keeps the bond together. Yep. When you're when you're married like that, and then when you have kids together, you know I know some people have a kid and then they get married two or three years later. Uh, I won't comment on that at this point, but but the the marriage is uh, the marriage sacrament is holy and like I say bonding. And no, it's not going away at all. I I think it's probably going to come back stronger than it probably did thirty years ago. That would be that would be nice. That would be nice. And yeah, I think he was just trying to take the the easy way out. And one reason I say that is because when it came to letting men participate in women's sports, Dennis Prager goes, "Tell me a sport where you think that." men don't have the advantage or that it's it's fair that they compete together. And the guy th thinks for, you know, three or four seconds and he says, chess. <laughs> <laughs> Which, is, I mean, I, I was going to look up the definition uh, of sport, but I, I don't uh, think chess is a sport. Plus, uh, interestingly, Dennis Prager said that there's research that shows that men are better at chess which, I mean, that's fine if they are. But just the idea that he would have to dig that deep to come up with something is just ridiculous. Oh, and I, and I apologize for laughing. I thought you said chest. Oh. <laughs> they can beat that at us every time. Yeah, that's true. You know? Oh, yeah, except gosh. if you're Bill Gates or oh. or that, that guy that's the head of the Health and Human Services, <laughs> uh, whatever that is thing. But, uh yeah, chess. That's not a sport, pal, to begin with. Okay. That's, um, uh, and, and there's, I, I told, I said way early on a podcast that I remember Roscoe Tanner, the tennis player saying that he would bet his house on the hundredth ranked player beating the number one player in tennis. And, and I would, I would probably say, I'd go so far as to say the two or three hundredth ranked player could still beat. It's just, simply biology that's all it is it's strength and stamina we just have more of it on another note we got this is this almost felt like a joke but it, it wasn't we got an email from our weed control place that said send us your or do we have the correct phone number on file because we're going to text you or email you before we come and treat your lawn so that's fine but they said, if you want us to call you, we're going to charge you $4.90 each time we call you to tell that we're going to treat your lawn. What? Totally serious. 
What? What? I've, I've never heard of that in my life. I Of all the turnoffs. Yeah. For, for, I mean, I, I'd call them up and I'd say, here's my 490. Uh, you're gone. And you can charge me the 490. I'm not going to pay it, but... But I'm not. I'm not dealing with you. I I can't believe that. I I couldn't believe it either. Did you call him up and say, no. "Is this a is this a, a print? <laughs> is this somebody that's sabotaging your business?" Uh, I mean, you would think that. I mean, not necessarily to put him in a box, but some elderly 80, 85, 90 year old person who doesn't want text or doesn't check them would want just a courtesy phone call to say, "Hey, we're coming out to." Do your lawn. I mean, I <laughs> I just can't imagine that even if it's the guy who's going to do it, if he jumps in his car and on his drive over, he calls you and tells you that it's not costing you anything to do that. It's just what it like you said, what a turnoff. What I, I don't understand the price either. I mean, <laughs> what is what is where did they come up with four dollars and ninety cents to call somebody? To do that, that that should be on national news. That is so so whack that it's unbelievable. Yeah, I I, I, I if somebody said what what could you do to sabotage this person's business, I'd say hey, charge him a f- every time you call him. Yeah, or anything. Yeah, maybe on I our will. way yeah. over. There's four ninety. <laughs> I think I'm yeah. gonna put that on Facebook and see if anyone else is seen that or heard about that because it does seem like a pushback thing. I thank the Lord that uh, we don't, you know, use the uh, businesses names when it comes to things like that, because that could be a huge turnoff quickly Yeah, for that. You will be telling me who it is after the show. So I never use them. No, no. No. Tell me who they are. And then I'll ask them to call me four (laughs) or five times during the day to try to get a hold of me. And then, you know, run up a, run up a, maybe a 25 cent bill, (laughs) you know, and call on me. And then I'll say, deduct it from my, from my uh, weed control. Yeah, that was interesting. And my other little uh, correspondence thing, not email, but actual real mail. Today I got a letter, which I get, I don't know, every six months or something from the Social Security information that says, oh, here's your different benefits, blah, blah, blah. But on the back of the envelope, it had a scam alert. And I was thinking, if that's not the pot calling the kettle black... Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, that's the government for you. Yep. You Just know? bold and brazen uh, and in it, your face. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see one of those. I'm going to have to look next time or in three days when I get my next one, uh, you know, from the Social Security Administration on whatever it is. It goes right. I, I, I can almost touch it as we're talking. I got a paper shredder yeah, and it's half full (laughs) and it's with stuff like that. I open it and I put it right in. I don't even read it. Yeah. I just put it right in there. But you, you you shred all, do you really shred all your stuff or do you just throw it out? I shred it. You do. Well, you, things like that I do. Yeah. That and, and, uh, Medicare and all that. I, I can't, I, do you read that crap? No. I, I mean, if I read it, I wouldn't understand it. No. Yeah. And what they say, I, I just don't, you know, it doesn't interest me. And when it, when I do need something, I'll call them and say, hey, this is what's going on. What do I do? Well, I'm sorry, sir. Didn't you get one of our 64 uh, brochures in the mail about that? I'll say, no, you guys lost it because it's a government run uh, entity in the uh, postal service. Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard is that I assume the Postal Service is still losing money. I haven't heard them in the news lately, but the Postal Service, I think, for minimally the last hundred years <laughs> has been hemorrhaging money, hemorrhaging money. And and it's funny you should bring that up because just today <laughs> I was uh putting a stamp on one of my envelopes for one of the few bills that I mail. And I was I, I smiled as I looked at the stamp and it said forever. Ooh. Meaning meaning that this stamp that I bought is I can use that forever until I use it. You know. At sixty three cents. Is that how much it I is? Say, I don't I, something like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
forever stamp. It's interesting how they can come up with stuff like that. Cause then you go, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then you whip through them and then all of a sudden you need more. Right. And it's 10 cents more. Yeah. I get, yeah. Every time you do it. That is sort of a interesting, uh, basically you're sort of hedging your bets of how quick you'll use them and how quick the cost will go up. And yeah, do you buy a thousand and just literally use them forever? And then they get your prepaid money that they haven't done anything for. That's an interesting concept. I would never buy a thousand of them because you never know if they're going to go out of business before then. <laughs> yeah. What Years and years ago in Boston, there was a group of people that were fed up with their postal service in that area. And they started their own and it, it, it like immediately made money. And uh, the government shut them down yeah. somehow that you couldn't do that or use our post, you know, our, our uh, post boxes. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. But uh, it, it, in essence, it's, it's very easy to make money if you don't have that humongous government overhead in your business like they do. Yeah. Did you see, I didn't read the details and I don't know if there are any that I think it's, is it the mayor of Chicago wants to start government owned grocery stores because all of the, like the Walmarts and the, you know, Kroger and whoever are pulling out because of the smashing grabs and because of everything else. And so the government's solution is to start their own. <laughs> I, I, I gotta, I gotta get into this subject a little bit after I comment on that but that's part of what the government wants to do they want to control what you eat and you know what you buy in grocery stores and things like that it's that's part of government control when they do that and and is it not stupid that they're saying hey uh there's so much crime that these stores can't stay in business but yet uh we're not going to do anything about the crime right is are their stores going to be safer than the ones that left? Is it what are they going to do? Are they going to have armed guards there? Yeah, that's uh, and of course, who's don't don't talk about who's going to pay for it, right? Well, you know who's going to pay for uh, it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, you, I, me, and everybody that's a hardworking American is going to pay for it. That's what I want to ask him. I'm going to say, what makes you think? that a government-run grocery store is going to do any better with these pukes out there that are doing what they're doing. I don't know if that'll go anywhere or who they would have to, what kind of hurdles they'd have to jump over. But to think that, as as many people have said, um, I'm sure starting before Ronald Reagan, when has the government any time run anything that is more successful than a private business? None. Zero. Zip. Every, everything, including the military, uh, is run very poorly, which is about the only thing that could be called, quote unquote, air quotes again, successful yeah. over the, you know, in the past years anyway, before Haydn was in, uh, th that they did that. Everything else has been an utter 100% failure due to the fact that that's all they do is just they, they keep pouring more and more money into it, which is why politicians don't understand private enterprise. They, they think private enterprise, you know, if, if you are losing money, we'll just put more money into it. Simple you know, as that. They don't have money to do that. they got a certain amount of, of overhead and a certain amount of profit and so on and so forth. Uh, they don't have the government backing like the government does with all of their failed policies. None of it. Here's, here's Bidenomics right here. I just took a picture of this last night. I, and folks out there, I'm telling you, I, I have to watch the news once in a while, and I'm taking a bullet for you by doing that, okay? I'm just telling you that. It hurts when I watch it, okay? In, that, uh, in 2021, uh, retail losses were how much? Oh, for retail as for, in just retail stores? Yeah, re private retail stores, $94 billion. Wow. In 2021. In 2022, it's $112 billion. 
in retail loss. Man. So Target is saying they, they just closed six stores, I think, in, uh, I think it was New York. Okay. Philadelphia. Yeah. So one of those liberal uh, areas. Target says, we cannot continue operating these stores because theft and organized retail crime are threatening the safety of our employees and customers and are contributing to an unsustainable business performance. Organized retail crime. They know what's going on too. George Soros backs stuff. With all of his uh, district attorneys that don't press charges. It's very simple, people. Start pressing charges on these people and make them go to jail. It, it, just, you know, for a year. Put them in for a year. I don't care what it costs. Put them in. Get them out of here. And then after their friends and relatives start going to prison, maybe they'll stop. It's always that question of to what end are they doing all this? And it's just more and more chaos, more and more unrest. And, and that people keep falling for it. Obviously not everyone, but a significant portion of people whether it's defund the police or decriminalize this or, you know, racist, racist, racist. You just don't know when it's going to sink in for people. A guy was interviewing the people in Portland, I believe. Mm. And that was one of the areas where the, the stores were closing down in that particular downtown section. And he was talking to people about it. And there happened to be this one. I imagine she was uh, extremely far left. And she looked like it. And he was saying, uh, what, what do you think of all the crime? And she goes, what crime? I don't see any crime. He goes, I, he says, I just came down this street, down at that end over there, and there were four people shooting up drugs. Oh, shooting up drugs. Were they bothering you? Oh, my it's, gosh. It, it, it's, it's like, oh, it's, this, this is why I'm taking a bullet for you people. I can't. I can't. I can't take this stuff. It's mental insanity when an idiot moron person like that goes in front of a TV camera and says something like that. Portland is a wasteland. Everyone's leaving all the big stores, all the good stores. And I, I can only hope that everybody that lives in those areas this time will vote for the right person to stop that stuff man is that where nike because i remember is nike headquartered in portland yeah and they're gone too yeah they left who left in san francisco somebody left in san francisco yeah i can't remember who it was some some and elon musk in california took his his uh company and left uh california because some Senator said, we don't need you. And he says, good, because I'm leaving. Yeah. So there goes, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of tax base there because of one moron. This is all, all so simple to, to cure. You have armed guards for every store that they try to loot. And what you say is, you don't know which guy in here has a gun. Just like they did with the... Um, Air pirates in the seventies. Yep. When they when they hijack the planes, there's one guy on this plane with a gun, and he'll shoot you dead if you try anything. It stopped almost like immediately, and that's all they have to do. Did, I mean, that sounds really drastic, but so is what they're doing. They, they, they had it. Did you see that? I don't know if you watch, but somebody backed a stolen SUV through the front doors of a. Of an iPhone play, an Apple place, or oh something. yeah, and and went in and stole all the stuff that was that was in there, and and the reporter said, guess what, those phones are useless because you have to activate them, and how do you activate them? <laughs> you got to go to an Apple store. So where are they going to activate them in their basement, at their neighbor's house? Uh, one argument I don't understand from retail locations from first and second hand experience is when they say, well, if we prosecuted shoplifters or if we had armed guards, it would make our guests feel unwelcome and uncomfortable. I mean, that's gotta be the exact opposite of how I would feel. Exactly. I'd feel safe yeah. with a guy there. And by the way, people, uh, I 
wintered in San Francisco for years before it became a, a dumpster fire. And in down near Market Street where all of the Market Square where all of the high end things were, the coach purses and you know, and all the you know, luxury stuff was down there. Every single one of them had an armed guard. Just, you know, just, you know, hi, how are you doing? Come on in. Yep. You know, it's, you know, everything's fine. Just don't try to steal anything or I'll shoot you. Yeah. I mean, you know, they didn't say that, but, but you know, that's what they were there for. Yeah. I mean, if you went into a jewelry store or something like that and you knew you were shopping for thousand dollar items and up, I would feel so much better if there was an armed guard at the front door said, just like you said, Hey, how you doing? And then you would obviously cut way down on the rift raft. I mean, even a, a high end store that sells clothing or perfumes or something. I mean, why would that dissuade any right thinking person of going in there? I just, I don't get it. I guess the companies are the management, the upper management is just too woke and too ESG and all that stuff. But you would think that uh, that's another tipping point. Well, of course, it's with you see the destruction that they're doing. It's it, that's that's as simple as it gets right there. There's somebody in here that, and, and I'll back it off a little bit. I'll say again with my rubber bullet theory. Yeah, there's somebody in here that's going to shoot you. You don't know they're rubber bullets. But I'm going to tell you, there's somebody in my store, and they're going to shoot you if you try to loot it. Or if you, if you have a bunch of people coming in here, um, you're going to get hurt. And whoever's the first one in the door is going to be the first one to get hurt. So come as you please. Yep. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. My, my uncle had a friend. and This was before any of this stuff started happening. This was probably 40 years ago. He had a jewelry store in Santa Monica, and he got robbed. I don't know. You know, some people came in and stole a couple little things, you know, at gunpoint. He finally got a machine gun. Oh. And, and he, knew, he knew some people were coming. He was tipped off that some people were coming. He saw them coming, and uh, he went outside and just unloaded a clip in the air. <laughs> And nobody came back and ever robbed him again. <laughs> That's awesome. It's interesting that a lot of times when you see stuff on the news, it's like the convenience store, the 7-Eleven type place. And I mean, Indian owners, nothing against them because they're so industrious and they buy up all of the convenience stores. But they're, they've always got guns and they're always shooting the bad guys. And like you say, if if that word gets around... You're not going to bring a gun into a store so you can, you know, steal $50 worth of convenience items. So, oh, I just don't understand why bigger companies don't get that. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you're in stealing inside the store. Um, if you're lucky enough to get outside, of course, you wouldn't get shot because, you know, then you could say you were walking down the street with an arm full of yeah. minks or yeah. whatever. Or, or iPhones or whatever it is that you stole. But if you're inside the store, you let them come in, and then he, then you just unload on them on, on rubber bullets. <laughs> they hurt like heck, yeah. you know, and and they're going to get shot at. You don't know where you're going to get hit. could be in a r real delicate place, and you're not going to want to come back. Uh, it, it's, it's a handful of people that are doing this anyway. Yep. It's not. It's not the population. Most of the population uh, is saying they don't want that because they don't want to have to unlock, like they say, hand cream from behind a case to get it at a Target. Right. Like they locked everything up. That's not shopping at a store anymore. It's so easy. It's so easy to take care of that. That it's mind-boggling. It is. So I was. Uh... I was getting a drink out of a drinking fountain the other day, and I don't know that this had ever occurred to me that compared to drinking water, like if you fill up a, a bottle or a cup or a glass or whatever, and you you when you fill it up, you don't spill anything, and when you drink it, you don't spill anything. But when you drink out of a drinking fountain, I would say at least half of the water goes down the drain. Would you 
say that's about yeah, right? I would say, yeah. So then I, then right. I was thinking, well, you're wasting water. And then it came to me uh, something that I had thought of for a while because I have heard, and maybe I've mentioned this, that there's the same amount of water in the world today that there was 100,000 or 200,000 years ago because you either drink it or it gets on the grass or it goes down the drain, goes into the earth. It eventually comes to the surface. It goes up in the clouds. It rains. So would you agree that we are all drinking recycled water? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we I've are. Told uh, you might be. When you we, might very well be. When we were in Hawaii, one of the Gucci uh, bottles of water said, this water begins in the clouds high above the Hawaiian, you know, lava pits, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, that's not where, that's not where it begins at all. <laughs> I mean, literally, we're, we're drinking, it has to be, we're literally drinking the same water recycled that we drank. I mean, we probably didn't drink it, but people drank it a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago. I mean, when you when you urinate, that goes into the drain, and it eventually is going to come back up, and it's going to get purified, and it's going to go up, and it's going to turn into rain or whatever. So, I don't know that anyone selling that six dollar a bottle bottled water would dare ever say that because they they talk about their plastic and glass being recycled, but. I wonder if that would be a push to say our water is all recycled. I would. I mean, we have water treatment plants in every every city. Yep. That recycles whatever you know your shower yeah. water, and your your dishwashing water. It's all recycled within there. And if you've ever gone by one of those, you'll understand why they have to recycle it because yep. it stinks to high heaven. And yeah, I would say I would say that's probably true. That uh, it's just, you know, a continuous thing. You, I will tell you this, though. You cannot recycle my brother-in-law's urine. There's no <laughs> treatment plant on earth that could do that. Okay. So I hope his goes in and, and fertilizes a flower or something and yeah. stays right there with that beauty. Cause, because that, you, you just turned me off from water forever when you just told me that. As little, so, as, as, little as you drink already. As little as I drink is is exactly correct. Yep, absolutely. Oh man. Oh, oh that's good. I was down that's one. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> so good it's bad. I was down yeah. in. Uh, well, last week I I was on location in Kentucky and went to an. I think this was a day after we recorded, so I didn't told you this, but I won't to divulge the name of the festival so as not to give it away. Not that it matters, but. It was it was just the classic perfect. In fact, I sent you a picture of a Trump flag from there. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. just the heart of America. Just you know the nicest people, just you know selling elephant ears and deep fried Oreos and funnel cakes and having those, <laughs> you know, the sideshows and the oh. the midway with all the games that you lose at. Just I mean, it was just I just loved walking up and down there. And I saw a guy with a, a T-shirt on, with a PETA T-shirt on. And then when you look closer, it said, people eating tasty animals. Yeah. <laughs> That's a class. I've seen that one. Yeah. yeah. That's excellent. Oh. That's excellent. But so uh, my my bigger point that I can get your commentary on, these people were great Americans, but I would say at least 75% were anywhere from... 30% overweight to just, you know, really fat. And that's not just them, it's it's everyone. And so I was thinking, and I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I would make a case that if we got rid of healthcare insurance, that we would all be healthier. Ooh. Ooh. Would you, would you make wiser choices? Not you, but the, the average, you know, two-ton Tessie or three-ton Tessie knowing, well, I pay 300 a month in healthcare so I can afford to not eat healthy because I can just go get fixed up or get a whatever, whatever, whatever. But if you 
took that money and put it in your pocket and ate healthier and worked out once in a while and took a walk and did whatever, I think hospitals would have to compete a lot more than they even do now and physicians would and right down the line. That's, that is my theory. I agree with the theory of people thinking that way, but I, I, I would have to disagree with the fact that any of them would change their lifestyle, even if they didn't have health care, because, because they, if they thought that way at all in any way, shape, or form, they might do it yeah. a little bit, at least anyway, right now. It's like I say, if I get to the point where I'm, I'm holding my breath to tie my shoes, I go, I'm losing weight. You know, if I when I'm to the point where I can't see my shoes, all is lost. And with a lot of those people, all is lost. They won't they won't give up their beer. They won't give up their elephant ears. They won't give up their deep fried Oreos. They won't give up any of that stuff. And do you think do you think they have that literally have that appetite because they have no fear that they can get, quote, free health care? Or do you think they just don't even think that deeply. They don't think that deeply. I, they don't have that much intelligence. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying that to get to the point where they are, uh, I, I've seen people that are so fat that their cheeks are starting to close their eyes. And I'm thinking to myself, how in the name of everything that's holy do you get that way to begin with? I mean, how seriously, how do you get that big? It's so, and especially when you see like, even as young as like three, four, five, six years old, when they're, I mean, at that point, they're usually not obese, but it's clear that they're, you know, at least 30 to 50% over what they should be. And that their parents who are usually big too, just, you know, think it's, oh, it's just in their genes. They're just got big bones or whatever, as opposed to, (laughs) man, little Johnny, we, we just can't. Oh, it's just it's just really de- depressing, I guess. Now, I wonder in in the grand scheme of things, I'm no dietitian and I know Stacy Eastwood is not quite, but I know she has a good handle on it. Um is it it's got to be a combination of obviously what you eat, but then even more so how much of it you eat? Can you eat too much of good foods and still get overweight or is it I mean, is eating bad foods in moderation worse for you than eating good foods and you eat too much of them, I wonder. I would say that eating good foods, you get probably get filled up quicker and don't have that endorphin or whatever it is to say, wow, one more Twinkie uh, because I I like that instead. But um, I, I... it's purely a bad diet is what it is. And then they probably sit around and watch uh, TV all night. Yeah, that's true. No, no exercise, nothing. And it's, it's, it's tragic sometimes for the kids. Anyway, the parents yeah. should know better by then. And if they want to go through life that way, too bad. You know, I don't know who I could convince of this, but if you could outlaw, health insurance for a year and say, and tell them you're going to get it back in a year, but in 2024, we're going to shut down the healthcare insurance. You can still go to a doctor, but it's not going to be from insurance. You're going to have to pay it out of your own pocket. And obviously you would keep the money that you're not spending on that. But I think that, I don't know, it'd be interesting to do a control group and see if you did that with a thousand people. How many of them made better decisions? You mean that we're because when you're, yeah, when yeah, you're obese? that were, yeah, yep. I that, that would be uh, interesting. I think two things would happen. One, there'd either be a lot more dead people, or two, yeah. uh, they just spend that money on more junk food. <laughs> <laughs> and then there'd be more dead people. Yeah, and then there, yeah, then there'd be more dead people. They just get bigger, uh, and they finally blow up yeah. or something. I don't, I don't know. Oh but man, it's it. Whenever I and you know what, I'm not. You know, yes, I am making a judgment. It may. It, I feel for them uncomfortably when I see them walking 
and their thighs are, you know, rubbing together yeah. and, you know, their their knees can't touch no matter what. And it's like, my God, you know, eat some vegetables for a year and you'll feel a lot better. It's hard to uh, imagine having either so little self-respect or self-awareness that, you know, if it happens so gradually that you go, well, I'm, I'm almost 200 pounds, you know, if you're, let's say, 5'10 or whatever, and then a year later you're 210 pounds and you say, well, it's only 10 pounds over a year. But if you extrapolate that, you know, in five years you're going to weigh 250 pounds, and then do you just say, well, guess it's too late now, I'll just try to maintain this. It, uh, it's just a mindset that is very mind-boggling snowball running downhill so to speak and yeah and eating a, snowballs while you're doing it <laughs> yellow ones but uh yellow. it's uh it's 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 a horrible thing to be into and i i thank the lord that uh i you know there's been times when i've ate a little too much for a while and stuff but i i back off and i i, I bring it back down to where it should be or close to it and and I, I see my classmates at my my reunion earlier this year, and and my one of my good friends that I graduated with, we're, we were both talking afterwards. We said, "Oh my God, you know, there's there's just a lot of extra tonnage there than there used to be years ago with these athletes and these people that were just skinny yeah. that, that just let themselves go, basically." All right, what's up next on your end? Electric cars, real quick, I want to touch on those again. All right. I'm driving through uh, a rural section of our state, and I'm noticing all these dead animals on the side of the road. And I'm thinking to myself, if we all owned electric cars, we would be killing more animals along the highway because they couldn't hear us coming. Ooh. Your car's silent. You're driving yeah. along 40, 45 miles an hour. You know, a deer doesn't hear you, a skunk, a raccoon, a squirrel. You know, they'll just walk right out in front of you, and bam, they're dead. So electric cars will do damage to the ecosystem of the animal world if we all get electric cars. And I was I thought you were going to say you were going to have to pull off the road because you ran out of electricity more often. <laughs> <laughs> you're out of gas. It, it jostled my battery. <laughs> oh, oh. God. how yeah, how I guess I've never really stood on the side of the road and listened to an electric car go by versus a, a gas powered car. Are they I mean, are they literally that much quieter? I have had heard them drive by me and they seem to be quiet. I mean, see how many animals that get crushed with gas-powered cars to begin with. I, you know, cut that noise even in half. And, you know, there will be a deer. I've, I don't know how many times I've gone by and there's been a deer 10, 15 feet off the side of the road. They hear me coming. They're not going to go out in front. But if I'm an electric car, they got their back to me and they decide they want to go across the street and see Bambi, boom! There's dinner right there on the road. Wow. And do do most electric cars have their batteries in front or back? They're you know? under. They're underneath. underneath. Underneath, like all the way across. Yeah. Underneath, they're like the chassis. Really? So part. like, well, okay. Yeah. So the engine is a lot less moving parts. There's no moving parts for the engine. Man. Yeah. None. Huh. So I wonder if you get in a front end collision with an electric car, is it going to be worse? More expensive. Worse. Worse because there's no protection there with a the motor. Wow. You know, you hit a you hit a, a tree or you yeah. know, a bridge abutment or something like that, you know, uh good luck. Wow. You know, who knows? So when you when you open the hood of an electric car, what do you see? I guess I literally never Huh. Yeah. So everything, all the drivetrain and the gears and everything is literally down right. where the chassis yes. is. Huh. And there's no oil at all. There's no well. There's got to be. Is there coolant? Don't no. I don't think there's any coolant because all of those Teslas don't have a radiator in the front of it. Yeah, there would be no coolant for a battery. 
I don't know why you would need that. No. Yeah, I guess just to, huh. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, who knows? I don't know how many people have hit things head on with an electric car yet, but maybe they're hiding it. I don't know. But um, I do know that the weight of that car, which is way more than what a gas powered car is, if you're cruising along 50, 60 miles an hour and something happens and you hit a tree with that weight underneath going into that tree, oh, I'd hate to, I'd hate to imagine what it'd be like. Yeah, because I wonder, what is a typical, like, sedan weigh, like 3,000 pounds? No, they're more like like 2,200 to 2,500. Okay. You know, something and like so that. And a, so a similar electric car would weigh, what, a 1,000 pounds I'd more? I'd say at least. Or? It, it's it's huh. enough that they have to have special tires for the weight. Really? Yeah, for the weight of the car. You cannot go into a Bell tire and, and say, I want some of these things. And they'll look at your Tesla and say, huh. you got to have this. This uh, I, I'm only going by what I've been told from somebody that owns an electric Mustang that had a flat tire. And it took them five hours to find a tire with a weight load to to put back on the car. So more expensive, more expensive I'm sure. Of course. Gosh. These are all things they don't tell you about, though. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of cars, what do you, what's your take on, and I didn't really hear the content of what either said. I know Leiden didn't say anything when he went and talked to probably six UAW workers. And then Trump went yesterday and talked to a big crowd. Is it, uh, I know, you know, in the olden days, it would be the management on the Republicans and the UAW, the Democrats, but that's certainly no longer the case and it looked to me that Trump made a much bigger impression. But did you hear any of the substance other than just generically supporting them? Because what they're asking for is just totally absurd. I think even some liberals would agree, like getting paid 40 hours for working 32 and getting a 40% raise. But did you hear any of the substance of what he said? No. Of who? Uh, Trump? Of what Trump said? No, I did not hear that. I understand I, I don't understand. I heard that he was not pro-union. Just pro-worker. Pro-worker. Okay. Right. That makes sense. Yes. And Yeah, because... Yeah, well, I was ahead. just going to say, Biden only spoke for, I think, two minutes <laughs> yeah. and then left. He's, he went to a fundraiser, of yeah. course. yeah. Because you can't, I mean, you, you think of the typical, and of course there is no such thing as a typical UAW worker who 40 years ago when, when we were growing up and a lot of fathers were that, you know, 40 to 60 year old white guy, suburban, middle class, upper middle class, as compared to now, which I'm sure is a, probably a somewhat more diverse workforce, but I just can't imagine those people being semi-salt of the earth at least would align with any of the leftist talking points or platform positions. I mean, you just think of trans and that has just got to boil the blood of any red-blooded American. Certainly that, but, but the number one thing everyone does talk about is inflation. And it's all directly related to Bidenomics. So yep. therefore, you know, they're trying to make a living. He's, you know, putting all these all this weight on them with inflation, you know, to try to pay for things. And maybe that's why they're striking. Maybe that's why they're saying they need 40% more to keep up with inflation. Cause that may very well be, I do know because I have a friend who worked at general motors for 43 years and uh, I don't know, 10, 10 to 15 years ago, they restructured their, their, payment thing for people that started there from then on. In other words, from the hiring from 15 to whatever that was years ago, from them till now, they, they cut it down quite a bit. But, you know, they still got people to work, you know, and they still get their benefits, which is huge, right. you know. So um, their pensions are ungodly at GM when they all, yeah, when they yeah. all retire. So... 
Uh, and every year, every year they do get profit sharing. Every year they all got a large check in December. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what, I mean, that's like 10,000 plus, right? A lot of times it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's It depends on, I guess, what, what their year was like with GM, but but they have had some pretty healthy year-end checks, you know, that could add up to more than a month's worth of work sometimes. Yeah. So um, I, I guess I, I hadn't heard that, and I haven't heard much from the, the Ford and GM and the Chrysler company about their profits and all that, but hearing the other side, it's like, oh, all these billionaires are making all this money. It's kind of the typical talking points, and you got to – pass it down the line, but I would imagine a typical auto worker has got to make at least what, 60 or 70,000 a year. Uh, I would say or that one fifty. Yeah. I would say 50 that one lady okay. that was, that was on the picket line. I think she said it was 14, 50 or 15 an hour, uh, starting out, you know, and I don't yeah. know what they get after they've been there for so long and you get your bump in your raise or whatever. But uh, right. if you don't if, if you don't like the wages, don't don't go there. Amazon, yeah. Amazon in California, their top salary, I, I should I should say their top hourly wage at this place in Sacramento was eighteen dollars an hour. Huh. And it showed it it was right on a plaque somewhere. I read it. It was fifty. Yeah. You start out at fifteen, and, and you can go up to eighteen. In Sacramento, California, that's thirty six thousand top end. Wow! And if you got your wife working there, you know whatever it is, yep. seventy two thousand uh, in California. That's that's poverty wages. Man, that's interesting. You would think I, I picture Amazon as being a progressive, uh, high paying company, but then again, the skill that it takes to schlep packages around or, you know, do whatever. It's not not exactly a high-skilled job. It's 100% automated. You sit at a station yeah. and you, you just punch controls and the robots go out and get the stuff and bring it back and you package it there. That's it. Yeah. That's how you do it. And Biden said that he was going to try to get a union going in Amazon and Bezos absolutely does not want that at all. Did you hear, I, I read or heard a report the other day about Haydn's, you know, continual mental and physical decline that when he goes on to Air Force One, he's now no longer climbing the steps to the regular place. He's literally climbs the steps that they guess they load the cargo on that's only about half as tall. Yes, and they showed a, a film of him coming down those steps the other day and he slipped on one of those. Oh, geez. you know, it was, it was a he, slight slip, but he slipped and yeah. yeah, he, that's what he does now. He does not go up those steps. Gosh, I, how can, how can you hide any of this stuff anymore? They're coming out and they're saying it. It, it does feel, I mean, more and more people are, are theorizing that they're going to dump him. And amazingly, I mean, Gavin Newsom's name comes up once in a while, but the witless governor in Michigan, her name comes up even more. Like she's the champion or, you know, Mikey Obama coming in. But you just wonder, do you think they really hope that Trump gets a nomination and then they get rid of Biden and they bring in witless or they bring in Newsom and he or she is going to beat Trump? No, that won't ever happen. As as Haydn didn't beat Trump last time, and yeah. once Trump gets back in, they will they will unpeel all the garbage, and will show you exactly how they stole it from them before. But yeah, no, no, nobody can beat Trump, and 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 like I said, he didn't do it last time. Trump is not a politician; he is a people's person. He's a businessman. That's what we needed in politics all this time. Somebody that understands business and how it works. All these other people are mindless idiots that are that are in politics. A lot of the a lot of the Republicans are the same way. They grew yep. up in politics. They have no clue as to how 
the private enterprise runs itself. And Chris Christie, I didn't watch any of the debate last night. I know it was a real fiasco, even worse than the first one. But, you know, he's a, a Trump hater, of course, now and talks about how Trump failed and he couldn't build all the wall and this and that. And I mean, if the re, even if the Republicans would have given him support, he could have. But Paul Ryan from day one either was skittish or stupid or thought he really would be impeached or thought he was Trump was damaged goods and because they had control of the house the first two years, but they wouldn't do anything. And I don't, I mean, you could maybe fault Trump one or 2% because he didn't realize what he was getting into fully. He couldn't imagine it was as bad as it was, but the Republicans, the people you're talking about, the rhinos and the others, they're the ones who are primarily to blame. Exactly. Exactly. He, like you said, he stepped into a cesspool and had to work himself out of it. He had everybody going against him his entire presidency, yet he came up with the best economy in United States history because he was an entrepreneur, not a politician. We will see. Uh, it will continue to be interesting. Um and we haven't really talked too much politics, which is probably good in the last two or three weeks, because I'm sure it'll only crank up as time goes on. So maybe a couple more things. I was at a uh, open house or a, like a ribbon cutting ceremony, and there was a little jazz trio playing. And I don't know how much history you have of either listening to jazz or going to a club where there's jazz or something. But A, I'm convinced that, well, I guess three things. First of all, when you listen to jazz on like NPR, sometimes I turn it on so I can fall asleep at night. And when <laughs> when they get done with their their song, and it's a live thing, which it sometimes is, like I think it's like Saturday Night Jazz or something. In fact, a, a former teacher, I don't know if he if he was one of your teachers, but he was he was like the Friday Night Jazz with so and so. Oh, I know who you're but talking anyways, about. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. When they get when they get done, you always hear like eight or nine people clapping <laughs> because that's all that will go <laughs> to see the jazz people. It's <laughs> all their so relatives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Husbands and wives and children. Please come for the love and of God. Point, point yeah. <laughs> point two is and this isn't a bad thing, but I think more than any other musicians, they just enjoy playing and like to hear themselves play and they wouldn't they literally don't care if there's no one there that's just they just like to go on and on and then the third thing we were at this thing and the lady in charge said all right hey you guys this is the last song because we're going to start and for a jazz trio that means like oh we've only got 25 minutes <laughs> left <laughs> You never, I mean, you, you never know when a jazz song is over because he can literally just play. Yeah. I mean, isn't that the nature of it? <laughs> That's true. I never thought of that. Uh, that's funny. Oh, oh man. And you're right. You, you, you see everybody that's playing or even singing when they're doing jazz. They all have their eyes yeah. closed. You know, yeah. and, and so do yeah. I. You know, I, like you said, I go right to sleep, you know, when I listen to jazz. So. Uh, that is it's it's very hard again not not to knock on them because obviously it takes a lot of talent but i'm sure you can excuse way way more wrong notes in jazz than you know pop or rock or classical or anything else i would think so i think you could well yeah i think you could hide it better maybe a little bit i'm not, yeah, I'm not really yeah. sure but but it, the way that the music goes you know, you could hide it because I'd be asleep for three quarters of it. So <laughs> I wouldn't true. even hear it at that time. I'd be, I'd be oh, snoozing man. away. Hey, you know, jazz, for all you jazz people, good for you. I'm glad you like yep. jazz as opposed to, uh, you know, rap and all that crap. Yeah. So. Oh. oh, all right. Anything else before we wrap up another, speaking of rap, wrap up another episode? <laughs> Uh, I won't get into too much of this other stuff now. Oh, I will tell you one thing. I was in a very uh, ugly section part of town, uh, section part that's, you know, okay, redundant. <laughs> um, and I saw 
You know how they have like lost dog or whatever clipped up on a telephone pole? <laughs> this is how bad this section of town was. It said, lost dog, do not approach. <laughs> have you ever seen it like that before? It's like, if you see it, stay away from it. I don't want to get sued because it's going to eat wow. you alive. That's, that is kind of ironic, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. What? Yeah, so what are you supposed to do? You're, you're, you can't go up and see if it has a tag on it or... Uh... Oh, you, you could if you want to lose your arm, you know, but, yeah. but uh, it's, it's, it was just kind of funny that they said, do not approach, you know? It's, yeah. uh, uh, the owner gets a call and it's like, I think I found your dog! <laughs> I'm down here at the emergency room. Uh, your dog is dead too, but I had to kill it, you know? It was eating me alive. Oh, man. <laughs> that's hilarious it is or oh. tragic one of the two both yeah both, yeah i guess oh all right well this is <laughs> never fails i think our our format is proven that not knowing what anyone else is going to talk about and yet having the razor sharp sharp intellect and wit to uh take an hour of people's time and pay them back large dividends absolutely all unscripted folks all unscripted. Yep. That's what we do better than oh, some man. of the people that are scripted on TV, I believe. Anyway. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, it just tells you that you are spending your time and not money <laughs> wisely when you come back every week. And thank you for uh, those comments, Lisa. And more people keep them coming. We will read them unless you instruct us not to every week on the right angle. That was easy.